Everybody, <laughs> who is this? It's Matt here. <laughs> I don't know that random Russian guy. I, in this I don't movie. know either. I, th- I thought it was like a mix between Count, the Count from Sesame Street, and a Russian guy. It just kind of came out of me. I don't know. <laughs> you didn't see that character in Village of the Damned? <laughs> Hello, everybody. No, who is that? Uh, he was the alien that <laughs> impregnated everyone. This? <laughs> no, I'm <laughs> keeping this in. Uh, hello, everybody. My name is Matt. I am joined by my co-host, Gabe. And we're here to talk about a movie today. Um, one thing, though, before we do get to that. Yeah. Um, we haven't really... I mean, we kind of did last episode, but not. we didn't even give the number, but another voicemail showed up. Uh, right, yeah. I can guess who it's from. Oh, I don't know who... who Okay. I think it's from the same guy. Oh. Dan. Okay. But uh, we cool. We can give it a listen, see what he has to say. Um and then and then we'll go from there. That yeah. sound good? Yeah, yeah. All right. Cue it up. Hey guys, it's it's uh it's Dan. Um I was just uh I'm I'm sitting in a parking lot. Um I was looking at uh Facebook on my phone. That's my um that's my social media of, of choice. Um, and I saw the announcement. You guys are, you guys are coming back. It's good. It's good. I've, uh, I've, uh, missed it. And, um, just sitting in the parking lot of this, this Panda Express and, uh, eating my orange chicken. Just, uh, of the old times so um looking forward to you guys being back and uh hearing what you have to say about movies and such and uh i got do you you get i got a question do you do you guys think that chopsticks are cultural appropriation like if i'm eating my orange chicken with chopsticks does that is that a problem if it is if that's offensive um could you apologize to Matt for me? Just seems like something that would upset him. So, oh, I have a movie review, the 2018 movies, and um, I watched uh, watched uh, the the movie Tag um, about about friends who tag each other. And uh, here's here's my review. It was a comedy, and uh, I laughed. There were funny things. Keep it the good work, guys. All right. Well, uh, <laughs> thanks, Dan. Dan. Dan, thanks for calling in again. Dan, I don't, I don't know why you thought that would offend me. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if Dan likes you very I much. <laughs> but I, to answer your question, I don't think it's cultural appropriation because they give them to you. Ah, they want you to use them. So that's the difference. If you use them on your own, would it be no, right? Well, I mean, if if you if okay, if chopsticks weren't a big thing here in America, right? <laughs> we didn't really use them. 
Yeah. And all of a sudden, you just took them and you were like, I like these chopsticks. But they were like, no, don't use those that way. And you were like, no, I'm going to use the chopsticks the way I want to use the chopsticks. Mm. That's cultural appropriation. Ah. But the fact that every Asian restaurant under the sun in America gives them to you willingly and says, please use these. Yeah. Do you prefer chopsticks or a fork? Are you asking me? No, sometimes they, oh, okay. sometimes they even help you and say, you don't have to use these if you don't want. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there are some things that I absolutely will not use chopsticks to eat, like fried rice. Too difficult. Can't do it. I don't have the skill. Too, no, I don't. I have barely it. have the skill to use them eating noodles. I, oh, I can do sushi very hesitantly, <laughs> and half the time I drop it and it explodes everywhere. I had some delicious pho last night, and I used chopsticks. Yeah, yeah. We, I recently had pho too, and it was good, but I was, it was sloppy. Yeah. Because I dropped noodles everywhere. Noodle juice all over your lips. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All but that's pants. delicious. You got that collagen, yeah. the fat all over your face. Good I for did, your skin. I, I did that noise. I went... <laughs> I hope I never eat pho near you. Because <laughs> that's disgusting. Um, I will say, Dan, uh, thanks again for, for calling in. I uh, hope your Panda Express was good. Although we don't find it offensive, I'm pretty sure you could probably find someone who oh. who, who thinks it is. And yeah, they're And they're stupid. Yeah. Don't listen to them. <laughs> <laughs> or you can just eat silently in your car for eternity. Yeah, and thanks for the movie review. I yeah. watched Tag 2. I thought it was pretty I think fun. you're a little far behind. Uh, <laughs> that movie came out three months ago? Yeah, but think about it. Dan hasn't had us... Anyone to talk to about it. Yeah, he obviously he doesn't have only... a lot of people to talk to. Yeah. Well, um, Dan, keep the three-month-old movie reviews coming. Yeah, yeah. And, and thanks for noticing. I mean, we've been back now for... For a week, but thank you for, for, for letting us know you saw our ads. I know that at least you are seeing them. Yeah. So, so yeah. that's good. We, we've gotten some likes from my mom. Each, I know. Each I, one of them. I, I joke about people. My mom shares them. Yeah. I joke about people not seeing them. I know they do. My but, mom is uh, a diehard fan. She is. Your mom is all in. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I made an ad featuring your mom, and she, uh, she shared it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She loves it. Yeah. She loves it. All thanks, right. Thanks for calling, Dan. Keep, keep the calls coming, I guess. Keep uh, them coming. I, also, I... I hope you're okay. If you need help, there's a lot of hotlines. That's just Dan. That's just <laughs> oh, the way is it? he is. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. So we teased it a little bit, um, but today we are talking about a uh, John Carpenter movie. I know I'm not going to call it a classic or even a good film. But, That's all right. Uh, Village of the Damned. Another man is dead. Why do you hate us so much, Mara? It isn't a matter of hate. It is a biological obligation. We're thinking of what happened to the others. Then our actions shouldn't surprise you. We have to survive no matter what the cost. We are the only ones left now. Well, I don't see why we can't reach an understanding. And why can't we just live together? If we coexist, we shall dominate you. That is inevitable. Eventually, you will try to eliminate us. We are all creatures of the life force. Now it has set us at one another to see who will survive. That's a cruel sport. Life is cruelty. We all feed on each other, exploit each other in some way to survive. I don't agree with you. I think that adaptation is the key to survival. Cooperation and symbiosis and compassion. Why do you think your own survival depends upon emotion from us? Should we pity you? Empathize with your plight? You should feel! 
You should feel something! Without feelings, you're nothing. You're just second-rate mimics of a higher organism. That's right, a higher organism. We're your superiors in our capacity to love. Without compassion, you're a doomed species. Emotion is irrelevant. It is not our nature. So I had never even heard of this film before it ended up on our list. Can you tell me why you chose Village of the Damned? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> I chose it because there were there's a lot of great movies that came out in 95. Um, some of them were so big that I, I wanted to stray away from, and, and so I did. So I wanted to pick some that weren't as popular. And this... I think I chose it because it's John Carpenter. Mm-hmm. People know who he is. He certainly has a place in cinema history. And he went through this period in the 90s where his filmmaking really just took a... Vampires. Took we, a turn for We the, watched Vampires yes, and reviewed yes, Vampires. Yes, we did. And, that uh, we, was not good. No. Uh, this was better than that. <laughs> I will say this was better than that. I think yeah. this was before Vampires, right? Uh, I don't remember. Vampires might have been 98. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. you're right. Um. No, I don't know. I just, I, it was uh, one of the few spooky movies I had to choose from, and I wanted to know if it was terrible, and I, I found out. And we'll tell you in just a second. <laughs> found out it was great. <laughs> I found out it was amazing. <laughs> um, so this is obviously directed by John Carpenter. We've been talking about him for a little bit now. Um, famous for movies like The Thing. Oh, yeah. The Fog, Escape from New York. Yeah. Big Trouble, Little China. Yeah, a lot, lot of a lot of classic '80s, yeah. just fantastic horror slash. A lot of Kurt Russell. Lots of Kurt Russell. Lots of Kurt Russell, which I'm fine with. Oh yeah, I love that Kurt Russell got work from John Carpenter for sure. You didn't mention? Did you mention Halloween? I didn't mention Halloween. Oh, yeah. Halloween, Sorry. obviously, I think probably, <laughs> probably his best known yeah. film. It, the moment has passed. Yeah, Halloween. Yeah, uh, this was written by uh, Sterling Siliphant. I think I'm saying that right. Um, but he wrote Towering Inferno, The Poseidon Adventure, which we've actually spoken a we're little about before about, um, about, in yep. the past. Um, you know, pretty storied screenwriter there. Um, some notable actors, Christopher Reeve, most famously Superman from the early 70s to uh, a horrible accident that left him not able to do that anymore. Yeah, right after this movie, apparently. Yeah, this was the last movie he filmed before he had a horse riding accident, is you know, what I think it was. I don't think I've ever seen a movie... A, I haven't seen a lot of Christopher Reeve movies, but I, this is a horrible thought, but I saw him and was like, oh, he's walking. Yeah. I've never seen him walk. Yeah, because um, I, I hadn't watched like, yeah. really the Superman movies. Yeah, I haven't either, he was, he was, which is so sad. I, I was thinking through this season, there's a lot of movies I have not seen yeah. because I'm so used to the quality of film now that I don't really want to go back and watch Superman. Yeah. But that was a huge oh, movie. for sure. He was such a big star. He went. Uh, he I saw. He went to uh, Juilliard with Robin Williams. Oh. I watched that Robin Williams documentary. Like he was legit actor. Yeah. People really, really loved him, and uh, and he's good in this movie for, for, <laughs> yeah. for, what, for, what, it, for what he was given. <laughs> he's the yeah. best part in this movie, I yeah. think. Uh, but yeah, I was like, oh, he's he's walking. Yeah. All right. Speaking of the best part of this movie, the worst part of this movie is Kirstie Alley. Oh man. Um, and uh, you know she's been working forever. I, it's not really anything that I feel like noting. Though. Never understood the appeal of Kirstie Alley. <laughs> yeah, I'm not so sure. Not so sure. Definitely not in this movie. Maybe in the '80s she had more. Yeah. I don't, I, don't know. I mean, she's she's been in a few big films, but you know, I don't, let's not talk about Kirstie yeah, Alley anymore. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Mark Hamill's in this, obviously from Star Wars. Uh, but he has such a very strange small part. Yeah, I'm not sure. He yeah. he's had more of a resurgence now than yes. he did back then. Yes. 
Uh, the budget for this movie was $22 million, which I was surprised by. Yeah. Um, the gross is, was $9.4 million, so <coughs> made about a third of its budget back, a little bit uh, over that. Um, and that's a fairly respectable outing, I guess. That's yeah. not what you're hoping for from this. Especially but not with Carpenter, yeah. $10 million, depends on how many screens you are, depends on when it was released during the year, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, a fact, in, 2011, in a 2011 interview, John Carpenter described the film as a contractual assignment, yeah. which he was really not passionate about. And those are quotes. And and it shows. Oh, it does. <laughs> it does. I read that, too. I read he was, uh, I guess, forced to make it, and, and you can tell it's not, not, a, not a passion. It's probably. not all into it. No. All right, so let's jump in here. So um, Act 1 opens with Dr. Alan Chafee, who is Christopher Reeves' character, being woken up by this strange black mist that kind of whispers a little bit. Weird noise. Um, so he gets woken up by that, and this act ends with um, a character named Jill realizing that her husband, Frank, is dead. The whole town falls asleep suddenly, um, kind of like clockwork i think at like 11 a.m or something everyone just is out yeah mid-morning they just collapse yeah yeah um so let's go ahead and talk about this first act here i thought it was uh, it was vaguely interesting to start out with i thought this first act was pretty good yeah i agree i was invested i think that it was paced very well i think that it introduced all the characters that it needed to um in a way that you know we knew who they were um, we knew what they wanted. We knew what they were working towards already. And this event kind of just gets in the way of that. It was mysterious enough for me to go, okay, I'm in. I'm interested. Now, yeah. we have to watch this movie in 2018 with, you know, through the, the lens of 1995. And you're kind of like, okay, it look, doesn't look great. Mm-hmm. It's odd, odd choice of music by Carpenter. Yeah. I like that he composes music for his movies, but... The tone was weird. It didn't fit. It's very... Um, it's, it's weird guitar music. Yeah. Like it's, <laughs> it's like if you went onto a website and looked for like royalty-free like commercial music. Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think he's got talent, but the, the choice here, it was sort of this like montage of shots of the village and people driving places and stopped saying hi to each other. And it's like this sweet guitar music that does it just mm-hmm. doesn't fit i wanted it to be more ominous or or maybe even just more bright and happy because something i think that he was just trying to paint the picture that this is a small town yeah nice that little, is nice little village yeah that's nice it's picturesque it looked like a really nice place to live okay. whenever you would see that black mist that was kind of going through the landscape working towards whatever it was working towards then you got a little bit of that deeper orchestration that was there to illustrate that this was an evil thing. The entire opening credits is just this sweeping camera shot of valleys, and I don't know. Yeah. That sucked. That was annoying. It was also really shaky, too. Did it was you like five that? minutes long. Yeah. yeah. Um, not, but, not done very well. Yeah. But that's where that theme came from that it would use when the children later come up. And so. Got it. I, I think I get what he was trying to do, but the music just didn't feel didn't, right. Didn't still. Fit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, during this uh, act, we do get introduced to Jill, who is a, an important uh, quotes important <laughs> character uh, later on in the film. Um, and then also, everyone falls asleep. So we mentioned that all the children, all the men, all the women in this town, uh, right on the border of the town. So people outside aren't falling asleep, but people inside are falling asleep. And I was wondering, like, 
how early are we going to get introduced to some horror elements? Yes. And the, one of the first things that we see is, you know, if you fall asleep wherever you Please are. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. If you fall asleep wherever you are, some bad things are going to happen. They were at this fair. Yeah. And a guy falls asleep on a grill on and a bar- gets burned alive. A barbecue alive. grill. Oh, my. And it looked horrible, man. It, it, it was so... Uh, I, I laughed. It's not funny, I guess. But um, there's this great shot. There's this. It's like this faraway shot of... It's like a county fair almost. Mm-hmm. It's like a... There's no rides or anything, but there's yeah. a, and they even mention before it happens, they're like, is Bob going to be on the grill, <laughs> the grill again? Like, oh, up. I didn't catch that. Yeah, yeah. I don't think they say on the grill, yeah. but like, will he be manning the grill? Uh, and it backs up and everyone's asleep. And then there's this little touch of John Carpenter horror and you see this guy laying down and there's all this white smoke coming yeah. off of the grill. And I, everyone and starts I, screaming. And I la- and I wrote like, oh, that's a nice little touch, like a man's on a grill. Yeah. And then, he's, and then they come back to that later, but yeah. I thought it was kind of funny. It was just that and like also the juxtaposition of seeing those burnt sausages on the grill too. It's yeah. Just kind of, ugh. It was oh, just yeah. so weird looking and it didn't look good for a $22 million movie, especially in this time with inflation and all that accounted for. Yeah. You could have done a better job with this. Like how much are you paying Christopher Reeve that you can't afford a decent prosthetic? I don't know. And especially being Carpenter with think about the thing and, and yeah. the crazy makeup and prosthetics in that movie. Um, it just, maybe yeah. it wasn't a lot of effort. I didn't notice that it didn't look good. Yeah, I just you're talking about the close up shot, right? When everyone's yeah. awake, yeah, and this woman is screaming. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just I, Carpenter had to he had to add these little elements of uh, graphic horror, I guess, to make it a horror movie. Yeah, because it's not really not. I mean, a it's un, I guess it's unsettling the idea behind it. Sure, but yeah, in, in practice, in practice, it's not. it was more of a more funny. Um, but as I mentioned, Jill's husband, Frank, uh, is unfortunately in his car when everyone falls asleep. So he dies. Yeah, he does die. He just runs into another, he like veers off the road and crashes. Don't, I don't know why that's important. I mean, I, we're going to get into, you know, the pregnancies and stuff like that, but I don't know why, who, why he was there, why he had to die. Why couldn't she just be single? It was weird. Just like mall rats last week. There's a few things in this movie that don't really lead anywhere. Mm Mm-hmm. And this is one of them. Why did they introduce his character? Because in the in the opening sequence of this movie, they focus on him. Yeah, he's the guy. For the first four minutes, he he stops for gas. He says hi to the doctor, mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, okay, he's going to be the main character. And then it's Christopher Reeve, which is great. But I yeah. thought it was going to be this guy. And the, this seems to me like a remnant of the book that this is based on. And also, there was a sure. film in the '60s. Yeah, um, same name, same name. So maybe it's a remnant of that just didn't remove it for whatever reason and kept parts of it in, but it just didn't work for me. Yeah, it didn't work. All right, so we'll get into Act 2 now. This begins with Dr. Chafee recommending um, a book of the dam to Dr. Werner. So in between those, we kind of get introduced to um, Kirstie Alley's character, who is Dr. Werner, um, and is assigned by the government to come kind of monitor the situation and the town. And yeah, but we don't really know comes who after this. she works for. I believe it's, I think they allude to the fact that it's the government. Yeah, but I mean, is it the FBI? CIA, is, is, it, yeah. is it like some top secret UFO? You know, I don't know. They don't really say. Yeah. She's just there. She's an expert. Yeah. But this act ends with her showing Dr. Chafee a stillborn alien baby um, that she's kept for a number of years. I don't know how time works on this movie. I don't either. Um, but yeah, so this this is where things really start to kick into high gear here and, and things start getting weird. But we learn 
that when everyone fell asleep, all of the women in the town became pregnant. Yes. Um, or as I like to say, pignant. <laughs> pregnant. 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 Yeah. They um, all get pregnant at the, on the same day. Mm-hmm. The doctor reports it seems At the like, same time. At the same time. Yeah. Um, and his wife is pregnant too. Yep. Uh, everyone's, I think it's like 10 people. It's not all the women in the town, right? It's, mm-hmm. well, maybe it's a small town, but I think ultimately there's I only I think like, it is all the women at, that are childbearing age because yeah. we'll talk about this later. But there's a scene <laughs> where a guy asks if he gets a stipend for his daughter yes. having, being oh, pregnant. Yes. Um, but so I think it's anyone yeah. that is childbearing age. But there's only 10 kids that are born. Yeah. I don't know if you count, but there's only 10 of them. But it seemed like that hospital was full. Full of women. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. There's a lot of inconsistencies. Very much so. Um, but this, to me, was the more interesting concept. I know this is based on a book. I know it has source material, so it has to do uh, honor to that. And maybe the book is a better representation of this. But the town dealing with these women being pregnant, to me, is almost more interesting than the outcome. Sure. Um, because there is a specific couple where the husband doesn't believe the wife that it happened miraculously. And ben, that guy? Yeah, he yeah. thinks that she was cheating. and I mean, it isn't done well because it's such a throwaway in the movie. I was very confused by this. Yeah. He, they have a coming home party. Do you, know, you realize that? Yes. For Ben. Yeah. Who is a fantastic actor. That guy is also in a ton of movies. His name's Peter Jason. He has like two lines in this movie. Yeah, so he's really underutilized in this movie, but he, all the women are pregnant, and they have a coming home party for Ben out of nowhere, mm-hmm. no context for where he's coming home from. The war? I've, I don't know. No they don't idea. tell you. And then <laughs> all that happens is you see his wife walk out. A woman's like filming her, and she's like, smile, and she gives this really odd, uncomfortable smile, and then it shows Ben, and he's really depressed, and then it moves on. Yeah rushes through the whole thing and you're i was like what is happening what (laughs) what is going on i do want to talk about that camera work though oh yeah so jill uh who referenced before gets a camera uh, as a gift from someone i don't i don't remember it was her birthday or whatever but she basically there's like three minutes of this film where it's john carpenter trying to do something interesting with the camera so we're seeing a first-person perspective of her looking through the camera, and that's when we see Ben or Bill or whatever his name yeah. is being all depressed. It just, what did it do? I don't know. I we don't could have just had this scene, and it would have been a lot less convoluted. But she just tells all these people to smile, hey, smile at me, and we get these like weird forced half smiles, and yeah, I, I could see him wanting to be creative, John Carpenter, but just absolutely falling flat in this spot that you yeah. only use this technique once and it does nothing. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know that if you have to justify, you know, cinematography or, or what, a, a weird gimmick like that doing anything. Yeah. But I agree. It's, it didn't... Why'd you get the camera? Yeah. What, what's, you know, it's like, if you're going to show us a camera in the beginning, we need to see that cam. If you're going to really focus on it, we need to see it do something middle or the end of the movie, mm-hmm. right? Uh, but it didn't. I thought maybe you could use it. The flash kills the aliens. I don't know, but why did you focus on that? I have no idea. Probably just to be gimmicky. I don't know. I guess. I mean, we're going to talk about a movie next week where I think the director does take a lot of interesting risks with camera work and it ends up working out. Yes. Um, So I think that if you're going to do something like this, it has to enhance the scene, and it absolutely did not. It made it worse, I thought. (laughs) It made it very awkward. It made it awkward. And this is the first of many moments in the film where... 
it starts in Act Two, where Carpenter just rushes mm-hmm. through everything. Yeah, and it, it 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 rushes through the middle and gets us to the end. The passage of time in this movie is so bizarre. It's so bizarre. There's no structure whatsoever. Yeah, they just sort of hops year, a year here, two years here. Yeah, until all the kids are like. 10 yeah maybe maybe younger like seven or eight yeah i would, I would think like early kindergarten yeah. is what they seem like yeah seven or eight maybe probably. maybe older than kindergarten but yeah like second grade first grade who but. knows we never learn <laughs> yeah we don't yeah, yeah we, they never tell us and one kid is significantly younger looking than the rest i have but, many questions <laughs> but um so yeah this is where we start to see some weird passages in time they're all pregnant there's a town hall where all the women are, are much more pregnant at this point, and it seems like it was only a day, but it had to have been months, yeah, seven, it, eight it, months. Eight, yeah, seven, eight months. No right. time card, no eight months later, no nothing, nothing. Nothing. And I usually hate those, but it's like, man, you kind of need those here because I have yes. no idea where I'm at. Yeah, and this is where Kirstie Alley is present, speaking to the town, presenting the, the, the government uh, subsidy. Yeah. If you, ch- if you choose to carry the, the baby to term... Mm-hmm. Get $3,000. $6,000. Well, you get three... So this is what we're oh, talking oh, about with the, the guy, guy. The oh, guy yeah. earlier. <laughs> so in this town hall they're having, Kirstie Alley, like you said, tells everyone they're going to get a stipend. $3,000 a week, I think it is? Or is it a month? Uh, I think it's a week because it sounded like an absurd amount of money. Oh, see, I, I, I remember, and I obviously did this wrong, but I, I wrote the pregnancy will be paid for. And I, I must have missed that because okay. all I saw was the guy yeah. who gets 6000 Yeah. I think I was writing some notes and I looked up and yeah. but you can tell us what happens because it's so good. They definitely get like, it's weekly or monthly, whatever. A guy stands up and he says, well, what if I have a, a wife and a daughter that's pregnant? Do I get $6,000? And Kirstie Alley goes, yes. You get $6,000. You get $6,000 per week, per month, whatever. And the guy just does this really weird like half smile out of the side of his face and like looks to the side and is like, and sits down. That's oh, no. it. No, no, it's even better than that. It's so high school acting. If you're an extra, if you've been in a, a play at all, and you're in the <laughs> background in a play or a movie, be as interesting as possible be, in the back. Well, yeah, or or try not to to be, so you don't yeah. distract. But he goes, she goes, you get six thousand dollars, and he looks at his wife and goes, "You can't see me." Mm-hmm. He, he mouths the word. Yeah. His eyebrows get all big. He goes six thousand, but you can't hear him, and it's just this bad acting choice. That's I just laughed out loud. I thought it was so funny. Again, what other point is that in there than to be funny? I don't think he was trying to be funny. I know, but I think like, the guy's a bad actor. But but <laughs> but why is six thousand dollars important? We never see these people spend no, the money. No, we don't. We never see them benefit from this money. No, it's another odd thing that we're just going to dangle in front of you and not going to go anywhere. And it doesn't have to go anywhere, but it's like, I guess, I guess they do that to show us the incentive of having a baby because they do focus the news, the newsman or newswoman later says, uh, oddly, the entire town has chosen to go forth with these pregnancies. So everyone decides to keep their babies. So maybe that's it just to, to have a reason for them to get to stay pregnant? Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. It's it's pretty loose, but yeah, it's uh, most of, of course it is. is. Yeah, yeah. I'm, don't hey, don't look at me for <laughs> for reasoning here. Yeah. I I'm only saying what I saw, and it's it's bad. Yeah. Um, another thing that I think we should address is that all the women give birth at the same time. They set up this emergency hospital, basically. Yeah. Kirstie Alley is there. I guess she's also a medical doctor. She's overseeing this whole thing, and I have some issues with this. Uh, 
the scene. Well, please, please talk about so that. The, I mean, it's fine. The women are giving birth. Um, and there's this one woman who you've, you've alluded to, not to this woman, but you've alluded, alluded to the spawn, to the, to the spawn of this, of this woman. She, uh, she apparently has a stillborn child. Yeah. We don't actually know if she has a stillborn child. I think, I think she did. Yeah. But Kirstie Alley, this woman's writhing around in pain. Yeah, as you say, I guess she's a medical doctor now too. Yeah. She delivers this Delivering baby. The baby yeah. And then she just she she delivers the baby. You don't see it. It's wrapped up in a cloth. She goes, Oh, it's a stillborn, and she just walks away as fast as she possibly can. Scampers away. She's like. carrying around a stillborn wrapped up like a Chipotle burrito. <laughs> it's about the same size, carrying it through this delivery room. She goes out to the parking lot. Mm-hmm rushes and just puts it in a car <laughs> and then she goes back inside oh the smell well but yeah okay whatever but like <laughs> why are you putting it in a car she just puts it in the back seat trying to be secretive where else is she gonna keep it okay but why not come on carpenter if you're gonna do something crazy and have her just steal a child yeah let's follow her down to the lab yeah. which is in her in the sheriff's or the, the doctor's office. Yeah. We come to find out there's a secret lab downstairs. To have her take it downstairs to the secret lab, have a team of scientists waiting there, because that's why Kirstie Alley is here. They're yeah. trying to just discover why this phenomenon occurred. No one is evaluating the baby at all. Give us an overhead shot of her placing it on a table and, it, yeah. and showing us what it is. Yeah. Which it, I guess it should look like a human. There's mystery. I, I don't know. She he puts it in a car and goes back inside, and it makes it, no sense. It's not referenced for another thirty minutes at least. No, and then when it is, yeah, it's not a human. Yeah. It's an alien. Yeah. in a water tank that's dead. We mm-hmm. think, but wh- why? Every other yeah. child grew up to be a normal-looking human. Yeah. I mean, they're all aliens, but like they're, they're, the body, the shell, the mm-hmm. vehicle is a human body. Why wouldn't it be a human body? It's this freaky alien with you a little... You got me, man. With an awkward vagina. Did you notice I, that detail too? I did not. It's like a little... It's obviously female. <laughs> yeah. And they like show us the... It's very odd. Strange. Yeah. I, I don't know. I can't really speak reason to this because a hole in this film is if she's there to get answers, why was this baby... Not cut apart, dissected. Yeah, right. They don't, they like don't you talk, said, a team of scientists. They don't talk about the study they did on the baby. No. The only reason they have it is so Christopher Reeve can go downstairs with her at one point. Yeah, and see And it. she can be like, look what we've discovered. <laughs> and it zooms in and is like, Ree! Yeah, and it's this, <laughs> this ugly alien in a tank. And you're like, but it just doesn't make any sense. It's, no. this, it's no. second or third time where we go, we're introduced to something here. That is odd and does not really work. Is not referenced except for one more time when it doesn't matter. <laughs> no. So just bad, bad, bad. Yeah. And then, and you know what? Well, I guess, I guess I guess it makes sense. The only person who asks what happened to the baby is Christopher Reeve. Mm-hmm. The mother who has a stillborn child cannot handle it. Yeah. She is shown later in the film grieving. She's in a graveyard. She just she's getting drunk. Yeah. She she wanted to have a baby, but she never asks what happened to her baby. She just she didn't even like fight to get no. up and figure out what's going her, on. Her, her Chipotle burrito baby is wrapped up and taken <laughs> out, and she doesn't even question what happened. Yeah, we don't see it at least. Man, come on! You got to imagine a movie nowadays. Charlize Theron has a baby taken away from her. Charlize Theron going to sit in that bed? No, no. she's going to chase. She's going to She's going to atomic blonde your ass <laughs> all the way back to to Cold War Russia is what she's going to do. <laughs> All right, so here's another um, strange passage in time. They have all their babies. Boom. Nine Boom. years later. Yep. 
whatever. <laughs> they're, they're, well, it shows them like two times as little kids. and then, Oh, yeah. I guess the, the mom sticks her hand in that boiling water. Oh, we have to talk about <laughs> we that. We do. You can't skip over that. But <laughs> I want you to talk about so, okay, it. Okay, so here's the thing. The, t- the time jumps. Mm-hmm. The babies are now um, still... two. Two, Young, younger one, than two. that well so. yeah maybe like one and a half two the, the, there's a baby in a high chair mm-hmm. christopher reeve's wife yeah it's his child who who turns out to be like the demonic leader of all of these yeah. babies <laughs> uh she's sitting in her high chair and her mommy is cooking some nice soup <laughs> first time we see that these kids are evil yeah. all we've known is that it's a mysterious pregnancy mm-hmm. we don't know what is happening the mom is cooking a nice boiling hot soup on the stove <laughs> And the child doesn't want to eat her food. And the mom's like, oh, are you not hungry, baby? Okay. And then the child has this evil glare in her eyes, this bad effect that they do where the, ch- the children's eyes light up. And you see for the first time, which is horrifying. Mm-hmm. It's funny initially, and it's horrifying when she actually does this. The mom's arm comes up to the side of her head. She's obviously out of control. She can't control her arm. She looks at the pot of soup, and then she just drives her her arm up to the elbow into this boiling pot of soup, and she's screaming, and she can't control it, and she's yeah. in pain, and it's horrific. Yeah. But there's no instigating incident here. Yeah. We learn throughout the film that this happens. These kids have mind control powers. They can make you essentially kill yourself, which is mm-hmm. what they do to several people. And there is no explanation, at least here, as to why she did this. Pure evil. I mean, all we. <laughs> but, s- but it's not pure evil because later they say it's survival. And anytime a kid gets hurt or yeah. or offended, they hurt someone else. But the yeah. mom didn't do anything in this scene. She just made her mom stick her arm in a pot of soup. Yeah, I think it's just testing the waters. It is. I, yeah, maybe. Ha <laughs> 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 Testing the the, the they, broth. They do juxtapose it. A character who's going to become important later is a character named David, who is one of these children that was born, but is yeah. the opposite. He's sympathetic and empathetic yes. and cares about others. And right before this happens, we see him assembling his name with blocks. So we're seeing, I guess, the two sides of it. The yeah. playful child that has these powers and then the evil child that has these powers. Yeah. But you're right. It, they do bring into question, or they, the main theme of the movie later is do what you can to survive with the powers you're given basically yeah it's like a the they are they are we learn essentially that these bodies are inhabited by an alien species although mm-hmm. they don't ever say that yeah. it's just sort of twilight zone until the end until the end <laughs> yeah. and they have to survive so i guess their plan is mm-hmm. to survive multiply and take over the world and and you know be a higher species and dominate but uh but yeah, the little girl just hurts her mom. And then a few scenes later, again, rapid passage of time, she's older, and she makes the mom jump off a cliff. Yeah. But there's no reason for it. No. Why not be... You need to be threatened, right? You can't yeah. just... Uh, or stick with that. Give me, no, give me no reason. Give me pure evil. Yeah. And they are evil, but the other times they hurt, it's because they're threatened by a drunk janitor or something like that, <laughs> which we'll get to. Which is a great scene. Which is an amazing scene. But yeah... And then when the when the girl kills her mom, yeah, it's so creepy. <laughs> it just cuts to her going to sleep in her crib, yeah, closing her eyes. It's like superimposed over a yeah. rocky cliff where the mom jumped off. Yeah, and, and you she can just see the... smiles and drifts <laughs> off to sleep. Best night of sleep she ever yeah. had. Yeah, she felt great. Um, we start to see these kids in. It's like a pack of eight of them, basically roaming around. They're all platinum blonde with green eyes. 
um, and they're wearing like some weird, I don't know, 18th century garb. Yet another thing that is not explained. Yeah. They all have different parents. I wrote down, where are their parents? <laughs> Why are they walking around the countryside? Yeah. In in rows, they're just walking around. They kind of don't have rules. They they go to class when they like no, want yeah. to, I guess. No, no supervision, and mm-hmm. and the reason this is important is because the town doesn't know yet that mm-hmm. they're going to be in trouble. There's there's been incidents, and none of the parents want to admit that like people have gotten hurt. Mm-hmm. Kirstie Alley kind of knows that this is happening, uh, but. At this point, the parents should still be like, you can't just walk around the countryside with all your friends. And, yeah. and why are all the kids wearing, they're wearing these gray, different tones of gray. Yeah. But my question is, why? There's no, they're it's, all different. They have different parents. Dress them in Oshkosh Bagosh and a t-shirt. <laughs> you wouldn't just, your kids just wouldn't dress themselves at six years old. I think the only answer is that Kirstie Alley had something to do with them being put into like a cohort. I guess, man. In the just, group, being kept together to study them. It's another thing. That it's never addressed. It's never addressed. It's never addressed. It's just spooky for spook's sake, you know? Exactly. Which I can see. I Again, I haven't read the book. I haven't seen the original film. I don't know if those are better than this. I would assume and hope that they are. Um, but you can tell the, I guess, the seed or the origin of this movie is a pack of blonde kids with green eyes that yeah. stay together. Because that's interesting and cool. I'm fine with them looking the same with yeah. their physical features. Yeah. 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 But that that's what makes this movie even somewhat compelling are these characters that are the focus of it. Yeah. But they don't do enough to maintain the interest, really. Yeah. Maybe they, maybe they had to wear that for school. Maybe. Maybe that was their school uniform, but they don't talk about it. But it doesn't even look modern. That's the thing. No, it looks, it's weird. Yeah. It's so out of place. Yeah. So at least give me a scene where they're in class, mm-hmm. which they have, but give me a scene where they, they're all wearing, and don't, just give me a uniform. Give me a school uniform. Yeah. I'll be, and I'm, and I'm good. Um, one scene that I do want to touch on quickly, we don't really have to talk about it much, but is the mom of the stillborn is in the graveyard uh, drinking just a handle of, whatever she's drinking i don't it's even not know. a handle but yeah it's whatever a small bottle yeah the handle like a has a handle on i it. thought it was a bigger bottle no okay no. whatever but she's drinking it alone and um and david comes up he splits apart from the group and goes to her and kind of sees her future her committing suicide she offers him a drink she says i'm sorry she's emotional so weird she's just being like you know she's just distraught this is really just here to show that David is empathetic. Yeah, and 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 Christopher Reeve shows up mm-hmm. in that scene and says, "What are you doing here?" And he says, "I'm looking for uh, the the baby who died." Yeah, and because that baby uh, apparently it's the chosen baby was well, it was supposed to be his partner. Yeah, so they're partnered up to we learn later to mate mm-hmm. to procreate and, and and further this breed. But yeah, he, he and Christopher Reeve, to his credit, approaches this kid with with love and empathy and. Patience. He's such a patient man in this movie with yeah. all these insane kids. And he realizes David could be different. He could have some empathy. And so I think he tries to teach him that. Yeah. And like, instead of being mean and questioning him and being like, get back home, he sort of talks to him, mm-hmm. which I appreciated. And, and I appreciate his, his take on that through the whole movie, or not his, but the character. It's the one character who is somewhat sane trying to figure this out. Yeah, he's for sure the most well-rounded and interesting character. Yeah, as opposed to just being creeped out by the kids, he's yeah. trying to like figure help the situation. Yeah. in any way. Yeah, so he's like a better version of Kirstie Alley. Mm-hmm. Um, so the last scene I really want to touch on is just a funny scene. 
there's a janitor named Carlton who we've seen a few times in the movie, um, who's just kind of a vagrant. He's he drinks in the classroom. Um, he doesn't really seem like he cares about his job. He's just trying to make it through the day. And yeah, just a janitor. Good just old a janitor. good old janitor. Good old janitor. So all these kids are in a classroom together. They're all studying. The teacher leaves. I think it's Doctor Chafee. He leaves the room. Um, and so Carlton comes in and starts making fun of them and calling them weird. And he like he like hits one of the kids on the head with his broomstick. He 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 basically you know the janitor is he gets it. Yeah, he knows what's going on. Yeah, as much as we like to laugh at him, he comes in and he's like, I know I know your game. Yeah, I know I know what you're doing here. You are Infowars type. Exactly. He <laughs> he he probably listened to Alex Jones. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but he, he's the inspiration for Alex. It's Jones. It's really funny because he's not the best actor. No. So I, I I thought about you watching this whole scene. I was like, Matt's cracking up oh, right man. now. I loved it. But he's like, Oh, you kid you! I know exactly what you're doing. I know why you're here. And I, he he goes. He's like, One day someone is just gonna post up with a sniper rifle <laughs> yeah. and start picking you guys off one by one. And that's when he hits the kid in the temple with he, the broomstick. Yeah, he's sort of like poke like not touching them but he slips yeah. and hits the kid yeah and then they all stand up and, and boogie eye attack him and so they they kill him in the the one of the worst the ways. most uninspiring yeah i don't know he goes up on the roof with his broom and they make him jump off the roof and impale himself with his broom yeah he <laughs> which a broom is not sharp no I was confused by that too he, he holds out the broom he had to hold it perfectly straight yeah and, yeah. and, he, and he just sort of lean leans forward and falls off goes and, through a car window yeah yeah um That's he, it, it was impressive though he walked up that ladder backwards yeah that was uh that was nice yeah and Wor- workers comp was ready i'm sure <laughs> yes <laughs> um so as we mentioned before dr Werner shows dr chafee the stillborn alien at this point yeah um she's just been keeping it down there for 10 years or however long it's been <laughs> Um, so we, we begin Act 3 with the children planning on leaving the town. Um, they're just wanting to get away from all this. And one father tries to get his daughter back, um, and they kill him by making him drive into an oil tank. So he tries to rescue his daughter. Also hilarious. It's Ben or Bill or whatever. It's Ben, yeah. Yeah, Ben. And, and the kids, uh, so the kids are, they, there's an abandoned barn. And now the town realizes we can't really interfere or, or we, we could get hurt. Yeah. So no one... That's the thing. There's no effort shown on the on part of the town here yeah. to to control the situation. The kids are like, "We're just going to break apart and go and live in this barn." Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not that they want to get away from all this. They're just yeah. they want to. That's where they want to set up their uh, weird headquarters where they sit at desks and don't do anything. It's yeah. very strange. Well, we've learned that surrounding cities have taken Other... measures to kill the kids basically oh okay yeah right yeah there so, are other kids in other cities yeah there are other kids in other cities one city in particular like basically nuked their city left the kids there and nuked it yeah so there's like a news report that talks about it kind of in the background of one scene yeah so no one can stop him but it's 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 very funny ben drives to get his daughter and and, and pull her away and he he almost i guess he gets her and he says are you okay and she she leaves him but it cuts to that he she leaves him. He, he drives down the road, and there's three kids down there waiting for mm. him. <laughs> and all of a sudden, they take over his mind, and he starts to speed up. And then it cuts. It shows him approaching the end of a road with like a road work sign. Mm-hmm. It's so funny. It's not supposed to be funny. No. But of course, there's a giant propane tank <laughs> at the end of this road. And then there's no ramp. No. And there's no cliff. He goes Dukes of Hazard. But on the it. next shot, exactly. He's he's flying through the <laughs> air, and the truck actually goes 
vertical yeah. and then lands arches into it arches and lands and and blows up and that's yeah. how he dies and i just laughed i loved it i thought well, it was great he just wanted to save his daughter that's all he wanted he just kamikaze himself out <laughs> of this world real fast um and and the way that we end this act is dr chafee finds that he can block the children from reading his mind essentially um so what he does is he organizes uh, a distraction to a certain time of day i don't remember why a certain time of day but he sets off a dynamite and and kills him and the children. Yeah, that, that's, that would be the, how he resolves the issue. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but there's not a whole lot that really happens in this act. We kind of get some themes resolved. We see David, uh, the one who's kind of the good crop, uh, the good child out of this crop of kids, um, is basically having a back and forth about whether or not he should stay with the group or go with his mom, Jill. We're not um, sure if he's really if he's going to turn, yeah, be good or bad. And Jill's mom, I'm sorry, David's mom, um, f- believes that he's good. Mm-hmm. And so at the end, I of think the, he's shown that too. Yeah, he has. He, that, he, yeah. You've seen him. You've seen him empathize and and show some. You know, Christopher Reeve. They ask, they're like, "What do you want from us?" And he's like, "I just want you to feel something. Mm-hmm. I want you to be human." And David has shown that quality. And you you jumped over this, but there's an important scene where the kids are at the barn and the town decides to. Uh, oh, I just don't. I don't. I don't want to skip over this. But the town yeah. decides to basically try to mount an attack, and and Chris Reeve was like, "You can't do that. People are going to die. Mm-hmm. They're going to get. You know, you're going to get. People are going to get killed." And uh, so the cops show up, and of course the kids take over the cops' mind. It's a pretty gruesome scene, actually, mm-hmm. where this cop just gets a shotgun out and shoots the other cop through this car, and then he yeah. starts shooting all these other cars that are coming up, and the police have a their own shootout, and then the kids make a helicopter crash. Yeah. Um, which is kind of crazy, and there's a, there's also like a Frankenstein like pitchfork and uh, yeah, so that's what torch I mob. that's what I loved, and and I'm coming to the 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 crowd, <laughs> yeah, Beauty and the Beast style, yeah. get all their stuff together, torches, and this is yet another thing that makes no sense. <laughs> so first of all, two things. Uh, Mark Hamill plays a Catholic. Priest. Priest, yeah, that we haven't really spoken about because he doesn't really serve much of a purpose. But he's film. married mm-hmm. to this woman, which makes no sense, right? Yeah. Can priests be married? I don't know if he's Catholic. He might be Baptist or something like that. Well, he, but, but he wears the, the Catholic neck thing. Does and he? Like other, the rosary or the... the no, no, the, the white, the collar. He wears the collar. And I, I mm-hmm. guess may, maybe other... other faith... Yeah, I'm not sure if that's exclusively okay. Catholic. Okay, if it's not, then that's okay. Because yeah. they are married in the movie. At yeah. least in the credits, it's like George's wife and Reverend George. Yeah. Anyway, this woman leads this group of townspeople. And they, they approach the kids, and the kids are lined up outside of the barn. Did you notice the way that she was speaking? Yeah, it was like the king's english yes it was very strange I, I wrote it down they walk up to the kids and she says hast thou eyes of flesh yeah dost thou see as man sees <laughs> that's the line she must be quoting king james or something she's got to be right yeah. i guess so right because okay if that's okay if that is what she's doing fine yeah but there's it's so crazy and she's a terrible actress oh yeah and uh they make her drop her torch and light her on fire and mm-hmm. she dies but it was so weird. Yeah. Another thing that's just like, why is she speaking this way? Why did why are they She thought they were the devil? God. Had to expel the spirits. Just terrible. So yeah. as you said, Christopher Reeve goes in, he uh fortunately tries to save David. Mm-hmm. Um he, he goes in with a suitcase full of dynamite. 
He, he talks to the kids. They're trying to break through his mind. David's mom sneaks in the back to try to get David out. Yeah. She successfully does. And Christopher Reeve, Christ figure, <laughs> here dies. <laughs> blows himself, blows to himself to smithereens with all the other, with all the other kids. They, they kept going back to this motif of a brick wall. So the kids oh, can yeah. see inside the minds of the adults and make them do whatever they want to do. But um, Dr. Chafee found out that you could prevent them from doing that essentially by fuzzing your thoughts so by thinking of a brick wall. Yeah. Which, and so, which doesn't hold up at all. That doesn't make sense. In but. this scene, they keep trying to penetrate his mind, right? Yeah. And they keep trying to take hold of him and do whatever they want to do. And we just keep coming back to this brick wall getting chipped further and further down as all of them focus at the same time and yeah. kind of magnify their power. Yeah. Something cool, I guess, in, in thought, but ended up looking very cheap and weird. Yeah, uh, he did a good job of struggling. Like they would hit him with yeah. extra mind power, and he'd be like, "Ah, ah," yeah. and try to try to hold from Superman days. Yeah, try to hold the line. Yeah, and uh, they they finally broke through, and then they saw the briefcase, mm-hmm. and they saw the briefcase burn away, and saw the dynamite. And as soon as they did, they all looked at the clock, yeah. and the dynamite goes off. What was with the clock? Did you pick up on that? Uh, it was just a time. I think he just set a timer. Okay, to, because he he was trying to go in. And buy time to, to get David out. He didn't plan. Yeah, on, he didn't okay. plan on dying. Gotcha. But he had to fight them mentally so they would be distracted, so David yeah. could get out. And so that makes sense. Know, yeah, he laid down his life for David. Gotta love. Um, gotta love Doctor Chafee. And and why did why did he kiss? Why did David's mom kiss him? <laughs> did, you, did you catch that too? Uh, Before that happened, forced they, love interests. Yeah, there was an opening. His wife was gone. His wife was gone, and, <laughs> and her husband was gone. And yeah, yeah, okay. All right, so uh, we basically just end with Jill and David in a car, and Jill is just saying, we're going to go somewhere, we're going to start over, and nobody's going to know who we are. She's like, don't worry, David. <laughs> we'll go someplace where nobody knows us. She doesn't talk like he that. Doesn't, but he doesn't talk either. He's just like mm, staring out the window. <laughs> like, and you there think they, maybe he's there still they go. And then, okay, okay. Thanks for that ending. Yeah. It, it, the kids die, and, and that's what happens. Yep. And it's over. Yep. There's no resolution. Cut to black. No, no checking in on the town. No. See how everyone's doing. Um, it's just that thing they do in horror movies where they try to keep it open and then say, is he going to be evil? Who knows? Yes. Yeah. It could turn. He was just surviving, Gabe. Ah. ah. Ooh. Oh, wow. This movie's so good. <laughs> now, now I'm really thinking about it. Um, man, I, I, given my, my final thoughts here, Christopher Reeve is really the only redeeming part of this movie. Mm-hmm. He acts with thoughtfulness. He's doing the best he can with a really bad script, but I think he's thoughtful. Uh, his, his character, a really bad thing about this movie, of the many bad things, is you don't care about anybody. It's true. You don't it's care true. about the kids, obviously. Mm-hmm. You do care about David because he's sweet, but all the main characters in the movie, save Christopher Reeve, you just don't... They, there's no focus on them. Mm-hmm. They're just these set pieces and so there's no empathy for really for david's mom trying to save david there's no we didn't even talk about this there's no empathy for christy alley who she, the kids for which yeah. is a very gruesome Guts herself with the gruesome knife. death scene yeah they bring her they, they they find her in the lab and it is there it's no there's no reason christy alley is in this freaking movie yeah she lays down on a table takes a uh scalpel yeah and guts herself with it yeah and it's very gruesome and sad and she's crying and she's in pain and then she dies, and there's no, <laughs> all right, like, where does Her job that, was done. That, why not show her being evil? See, I assumed she was going to turn out to be like this evil yeah. force that was going to use these kids in a certain... No, she's just there, and she dies. Yeah. Um, 
So you don't like care. we all do. The, the the yeah, like we all do <laughs> with with a scalpel yeah. in our stomach. Um, the pacing of this movie goes from really fast to really slow to really fast. Mm-hmm. It's so all over the place. They introduce the general idea quickly at the beginning, then they rush through the kids' lives. No one cares. They they only focus on David, and even with him, they don't focus enough. And uh, I was gonna say the la- lastly, this the the there's no real explanation as to what's happening. Yeah. You just kind of have to figure it out on your own. But even then, there's no point to any of it. The kids are there to survive, but we don't know why this happened. And sometimes that's cool. Twilight Zone, that that usually works. Black Mirror, sometimes that works. But this movie, it just didn't work for me. Mm -hmm. So uh, I'm going to say don't watch this movie. All right. Also, there is a special edition Blu-ray of this film. Why? I don't know. For the people who love it. For the people who love John Carpenter, <laughs> uh, unnecessarily. I guess so. Somebody has a full John Carpenter collection out there. Oh, so, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I think you said pretty much everything that I was thinking. I had little to no investment in the characters. I thought that most of it was pretty boring. None of it was horrific, except for maybe Kirstie Alley cutting herself open. Um, that was a little horror, you know, piece of candy there in the middle of the movie. Um, but I don't know. It just, nothing to me was either scary or terrifying or even unsettling it it, this is kind of relying on that like you said twilight zone kind of horror where it's not necessarily outright gruesome or outright horrific it's just kind of weird and yeah interesting i've heard the original movie while is also probably not very good i've heard it does a much better job of maintaining that feel Mm -hmm. of this eerie creepy thing that happens it's creepy it's fun to watch Mm. And it resolves and it's fine. But this was yeah. just a really bad attempt at remaking it. Yeah. And, you know, I think it would have been a much better movie, like you said, if the aliens were just purely evil instead of this survival thing. Um, why did that essence target Earth then? You know, like, what mm. point does it... Maybe sure. it was fleeing something. I don't know. Maybe it's yeah. like Venom. Doesn't explain. Yeah. But... Like you said, I can't recommend this really. It might get a recommendation as something you can watch with like, like friends to laugh at. Because sure. there are some very funny things that happen in this movie. Um, there are some, like four or five moments where I was laughing. Yeah. Um, so that's really about the extent of recommendation I can do for Village of the Damned. Yeah, really sad departure from his earlier movies like Halloween, The, the Thing, thing. Yeah. Assault on Precinct 13, which was saying something. Yeah, It's a very artsy film. But yeah, this is just 90s John Carpenter is yeah. bad. And now he just plays video games. And smokes weed. Yeah. Apparently. Big video game fan, apparently. Yeah. Huh. All right. So let's go ahead and get into the draft, Gabe. The draft game. I said the draft, Gabe. You did. And then but I... the draft game works, too. That is what it is. You did say the draft, Gabe. And I, I, I just went with the draft game. I don't the know. The draft, comma, Gabe. Yeah, thank yeah. you. Um, so this week, I think we're pretty obviously going to go with best John Carpenter films. Ooh. Um, and so I went first last time, Gabe. How about you go first this time? I think there's pretty obviously a number one pick here. You know, there is a number one pick. I, I know I know you're thinking, see, this is you're doing best John Carpenter films, though. Mm-hmm. So I, uh, I'm not going to say Halloween. I'm going to say The Thing. That's actually what I was thinking. Oh, okay. I was kind of hoping you would go Halloween. But. Oh, I, see, I was thinking uh, m- maybe in terms of popularity, people would 
would like Halloween more because more people have probably seen it, but the thing mm-hmm. is definitely better than yeah. Halloween. I agree. I was hoping you would not pick that, but you did. Uh-huh. Um, so I think that leaves a clear number two. I think that you mentioned it right now. I think that Halloween is obviously his second best film, at least in my opinion. Um, very spooky. I did not get to watch the reboot. I, yeah. I wish that I had gone to... Well, not reboot, the sequel. Um, I wish that I had gone to see that, but uh, could not make that work. This uh, so, so, like we spoke about last time with Kevin Smith, you kind of start to hit a wall. I still think there are a few that we can get here, but we're going to get to about six or five, and we're going to be like, what, what did we choose? <laughs> Um, vampires so so i think i'm gonna go ahead and go with something that i enjoy i'm gonna go ahead and go with escape from new york all right as number two for me never seen it russell man i would love to see it i know it's not gonna be good yeah much better than escape from la yeah yeah and then big trouble in little china is really similar to that right they're kind of all the same they're kind of similar um i haven't seen big trouble in little china um, but it also has kurt russell in it it does yeah all right, so go ahead and get your second and third pick in here, Gabe. Okay, so my second pick, uh, it's a risky pick because I, I think while it's probably one of his better movies, no one has seen it, uh, Assault on Precinct 13. All right. Yeah, because I, I haven't seen it. I'm yeah. only basing this on what I've read about it being an actual, actually being a good film. Yeah, yeah, I have not seen it either. All right, and then what is your third choice? So my third choice uh, is going to have to be The Fog. Okay. I respect that. All right. Well, so my third choice is going to be Christine. Oh, yeah. I forgot about Christine. Good yeah. old good old uh, haunted car. Yeah, you might beat me there. That's got that Stephen King twist, you know. I think that's some good it. that's some good late round value there. Yeah. It's going to yeah. boost my score. Yeah, quite I think a bit. you're right. I think you're right. All right. So, uh, let's recap. My 3 are Halloween, Escape from New York, and Christine. Gabe's three are The Thing, Assault on Precinct 13, and The Fog. Um, Once again, we're going to go ahead and ask you to go online and vote. We'll we'll post a poll on both Facebook and Twitter. You can find us at Rewind Cinema Pod on Facebook and Twitter. If you want to send us an email, um, you know, I don't know, want to draw us a picture or... (laughs) Whatever you want to do. Just a Christmas card? Yeah, draw us a picture of a, a kid from Village of the Damned yeah. killing us. Wow. How about that? <laughs> That'd be cool. We could change that to our uh, podcast art. Yeah, perfect. Um, you can find us at rewindcinemapodcast at gmail.com. I want to thank Natural Anthem for letting us use some music and extra sounds on the show. You can find them at naturalanthem.net. Gabe, do you have anything else? Any closing statements? Um, next week... We are going to be discussing mm-hmm. a uh, 1995 film by Spike Lee entitled Clockers. So look forward to that. I think it's going to be a good discussion. Yeah. And until then, Matt, why don't you sit your butt down and watch more movies? I did that noise, I went...